When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. The Zone. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Thank you to Russ. Using our talk text line told me that he had about an inch of rain in his rain gauge about 9 o'clock last night. The Midwest Farm Report talk text line 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. 20% chance of rain today. 67 are expected high. 70% chance of rain tomorrow and 68. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow green marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Every time we have an administration change, both nationally or statewide, farmers and other small businessmen wonder what's going to happen with tax policy, environmental policy, and other. Bob Bosold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And Aaron, you had a chance to talk to some folks that have been following the state policy of uh, Governor Tony Evers. And again, we got to keep a close eye and a close ear on what's happening. Yes, sir, Bob. And, you know, last week at the World Dairy Expo, Tony Evers got to announce that new legislation that they are pushing through right now. And there are many good things included in that legislation to support rural Wisconsin. Aaron Zimmerman here from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I had the chance to talk with Nick Lewandowski, government relations director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. He says their group is very supportive of the bill. And in fact, it's hard not to support some of the things in the bill. Things like food insecurity, meat processing talent, mental health, and marketing Wisconsin ag products are just some of the things included in this legislation. He said that actually meat processing talent is one of the things they support most since it was something that actually got omitted from the state budget. Certainly, Aaron. Uh, the, the announcement was welcome, and, and we strongly support it. Uh, certainly the, the one item that I would lift up above all of those uh, would be the Meat Talent Development Program. Uh, that was a program that was initially brought forward in the state budget uh, that Governor Evers uh, announced back in February. We had many discussions with folks at DACAP and, and others in the industry about what something like that might look like. Well, then the Joint Finance Committee knocked it out. They took it out of their plan. So it's nice to see that come back again um, because in conversations we've been having for quite some time now with meat processors, with farmers and ranchers, uh, that talent development, the the labor shortage that we're seeing, you know, we're seeing labor shortages all over, uh, but certainly when it comes to meat processing, we need people. And if, if we can build some incentives in to get people to take a look at that as an option, certainly we should be doing that. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, as I said in these conversations we've been having, one of the things that we've heard and found is that like 70% of meat processors out there, and we're talking mom and pop shops, don't have a transition plan in place. So not unlike many farmers right now, don't know 
what's next, who's next, many of these meat processors are in the same boat. So if, if we can create a program that allows for them to have a pool of folks that they could bring in, you know, or somebody that has some interest in this, boy, I think that'd be wonderful. So that's our top one. Sure, definitely. And, you know, let's talk about the importance, too, of that not only, you know, helping to support the meat industry, helping to support processors and and farmers ranchers continue to process meat but also just that creation of jobs in the agriculture industry as well certainly uh you know rural areas in the state of wisconsin rural areas all across the country need people and they need to retain people they need to bring people back and it's it's initiatives like this that will help to do that um you know if we can help to transfer a business from you know one generation to the next if we can bring young people back into rural communities that might have families of their own that you know are going to buy a house that are going to you know spend their dollars locally that they're going to pay their taxes and all that those are the kinds of things that we need and that is a direct investment in rural wisconsin so uh, again, that's that's something that, you know, certainly we are, are very supportive of and, and look forward to, you know, sitting at the table when it comes time to start figuring out what a program like this is going to look like and how it's all going to work. There's not much in this bill, I think, that's really hard to support. But the next thing I think that we should touch on is talking about the food insecurity things and how that is one big piece of this bill as well. You know, talk a little bit about how that affects both rural and urban settings and, you know, really the state as a whole in trying to combat hunger and poverty and those types of things. It certainly does. And I'll tell you, the pandemic uh, has really exposed a lot of the vulnerabilities within our food system. But uh, it's no longer just urban versus rural when it comes to food needs uh, and that. Um, I, I was in Mazamani here a couple months ago on a Saturday morning at like 9 o'clock in the morning. And I drove downtown and the, the line for the drive through food pantry was two blocks long. There were cars bumper to bumper and little bitty maze of So you don't have to get too far out of Madison, and I guarantee you don't have to get too far out of Milwaukee to see, you know, the implications of, of, of food insecurity. Um, and, yes, we're living in a very unique time, but I think it's really exposed a lot of the issues that were already there, you know, that were kind of hidden. So certainly when it comes to uh, food insecurity, Farmers Union has been a longtime supporter of that, both on the, on the state and federal level. We've long been proponents of keeping SNAP, for instance, the food and nutrition programs, in the farm bill because you don't get a farm bill without them anymore. But if you look at the numbers, there's just as many rural folks that are utilizing those programs as there are urban. And it's usually working families, the elderly, handicapped individuals, and children. So getting... Getting food into the bellies of kids is pretty darn important right now. You know, there's the free uh, breakfast and lunch program now through USDA. Those are all good things, you know. Um, I I can't find anybody that would argue against feeding kids especially, but making sure that these programs work not just for those that need the food, but also for those that grow the food. So uh, getting those dollars back into farmers' pockets directly to them so that you can eliminate the middleman, which is an issue we've been fighting for years now too uh, when it comes to concentration in the marketplace. That's another big part of this is the more dollars you can put directly back into that farmer's pocket, that's money that's going to turn right back around when they 
spend it locally and it's going to revolve on itself and that's going to help that rural community as well. Talking about the farmer side of things and supporting Wisconsin agriculture as well, you know, there's something in there about supporting Wisconsin ag products. You know, why is that such an important thing? You know, you talk a little bit about supporting local. Why is that so important that, you know, the government is taking notice in that and really wanting to support Wisconsin farmers here? Well, I'll tell you, uh, the farmer's share of the retail food dollar right now is at about 16 cents. It's hovered anywhere from 14 to 16 cents now for about the last decade. 50, 60 years ago, it was about 50 cents out of every dollar that went back into the farmer's pocket. So we've dropped that much in 50, 60 years. Um, It's programs like this that, like I mentioned, puts more dollars and more cents into that farmer's pocket so that they can then turn around and reinvest that money back into their farm or back into their communities because when farmers make money they got to spend that money so they're going to buy things on main street they're going to they're going to support the local co-op and the feed store and and if if they make enough they might trade and and buy a newer pickup it might not be new but it'll be newer uh you know the kinds of things that they need to put back into their farms they're going to try to spend those dollars on a local level and then those dollars are going to spread on themselves so i i think anytime you can have a program like that that, that really, uh, in a way, revolves on itself and invests in itself uh, for the long term. Boy, that's something that uh, it's hard to argue against, for sure. Definitely. Now let's talk a little bit to how kind of a big of a thing this is, seeing that, you know, there's not often a lot of policy movement with agriculture, and this is one big one with a whole bunch lumped into it at once. You know, let's talk about that from your perspective working with these government relations on how big of a deal that really is for Wisconsin agriculture. Well, it's huge, Aaron. Um, you know, when Governor Evers announced his budget back in February and the investments that he uh, wanted to make in ag, that was a historic announcement then. Unfortunately, things didn't happen the way we had hoped, and, you know, things got cut. This is just another way to approach that through the legislative process, uh, giving these uh, bills and provisions, you know, their due diligence and, and, and letting them, you know, work through the process, through compromise and all that. Uh, I have a feeling that we can get somewhere with this. But you're right in the fact that oftentimes when it comes to ag, it's just little things here and there. We don't, we don't tend to pay much attention, or at least folks uh, out in, you know, the state of Wisconsin don't seem to pay much attention to that. But these are big items that um, can be pretty monumental if, if it all works out the way we hope it will. I know there'll be some changes when it comes to dollar figures. That's always going to be the cases. You know, we're spending too much or we're not spending enough and, and trying to find that happy medium. But boy, if we can get uh, the majority, if not all of these things across the finish line here in the next few months or however long it takes, then this could be something really big for rural Wisconsin and for folks out uh, out there that uh, that care about this. But it takes more than just uh, lobbyists like myself and, and my coworker and the other folks that, that work on ag and rural and food and hunger issues here in the state. It takes folks who are constituents, you know, the folks that are actually voting for the people that represent them here in Madison to reach out to them and talk about why these provisions are important. You know, um, I can I can talk till I'm blue in the face about meat talent development and food and hunger and, and you name it, but it's it's better when it's coming from 
a constituent, from somebody who lives within one of those legislative districts to say, this is why it's important to me. This is what this would do for my farm, for my business, for my community, for my family. Uh, because I, I feel like those are the stories that are really going to resonate. So I'm going to challenge folks to do that uh, in the coming weeks and months as these as these bills get discussed, uh, to reach out and, and talk to their legislator or their staff and make sure that they know how important this is to them. Compromise is the only way we're going to get to the finish line on a lot of these things. So, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat or otherwise, um, it's important for us to, to have these conversations and, and work together on this. And, and you know, we've got a, an ag coalition here in the state that I'm hopeful will be able to come together and support all of these items as a group uh, and work together. But as a collective, you know, we've got a lot of members across the state. You know, Farmers Union's got our members. Farm Bureau has their members. Cattlemen's, you name it, all these other groups that have interest in many of these programs or provisions that were announced yesterday. If we can get all of our members or a good majority of them to step up and say, hey, you know, Representative so-and-so or Senator so-and-so, please support this. We really need this, and here's why. Boy, we could make a lot of good things happen. Here with Nick Lewandowski, Government Relations Director for Wisconsin Farmers Union, discussing some of the things that are within the new legislation that was announced by Governor Evers at World Dairy Expo. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In today's ultra-competitive home market, it's important that you have a local lender on your side to get your offer accepted. Sellers and realtors want to work with me because they know there will be no surprises and the deal get done on time. Educated Mortgage, the way home. Call Dan, the Landscape Envy, that's what you create when you add Kalani Wash decorative stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Farmers understand return on investment. They 
sure she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, thank you so much to all you rainfall reporters for chiming in this morning on our talk text line. Stan gave me a call on it, 877-301-FARM, said it's basically raining from uh, Green Bay to Oshkosh and then some. Uh, As far as other rainfall reports, Tommy in Stockbridge just uh, about 15 one-hundredths of an inch. Kirby in La Crescent, 0.12. Kyle in Evansville, 0.9 inches overnight. Lee in Ashford in Fond du Lac County, about a half an inch rain. Russ in Oregon, about an inch of rain as of 9 o'clock last night. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. Those numbers seem to match up what you're seeing from the weather service. Yeah, pretty much. I'll agree with Ashford. I've got just about a half inch here. My friend Paul over at Banner, the far eastern edge of Fond du Lac County, 71 hundredths of an inch. I've got Beaver Dam at four tenths, La Crosse, 16 hundredths, Madison at exactly a half an inch, at least at this point. There'll be other reports. Low pressure has built right into eastern Wisconsin and is pushing its way northeast. It'll head up into Canada today, and it takes rain with it. So the good news is rain that's falling around the eastern and northern part of the state will end today and we all get a little break from rainfall a little patchy fog not out of the question this morning that could be around again late tonight early tomorrow but already tomorrow the next low builds in from the west the next system still quite a ways out there utah trying to move into colorado will push northeast through the dakotas it's providing snow From Utah right up into Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, those folks are talking up in the mountains a foot or so. No, it's not going to come here. With that low in the Dakotas, we may have a little rainfall redeveloping as we look toward midday or the afternoon of Wednesday into Wednesday night, a couple of tenths of an inch at most, if it even produces that much. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, buddy. Let's talk a little bit more, not just about the rainfall, but these temperatures look like they're going to fluctuate a bit. A little bit, nothing too drastic. I mean, let's look for a cloudy start, some rain in eastern Wisconsin, a little patchy fog here and there as well. The rain ends in the east, and I'd expect to be in the upper 70s yet today. Not a big warm-up, still above normal for this time of the year. West winds, maybe 5 to 10 in the east, variable in the west. Mostly cloudy, could be some fog around quite late tonight. Mid and upper 50s as winds become south about 5. A little morning fog, more likely mostly cloudy tomorrow. Showers, a possible thunderstorm. Early afternoon in the west, late afternoon developing in the east. Temps again in the upper, mid and upper 60s, if you will, tomorrow. Breezy, though, southeast winds 5 to 15, gusting to 30. Rain should end Wednesday night, a tenth of an inch or two, if we see that much. And then there's Thursday, mostly sunny. 
Upper 60s, just around 70 or so. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. A little cooler, though, Pam. I'd say Friday night, Saturday night, kind of cool. Low 40s for nighttime lows. Frost anywhere? I don't think, except maybe way off in the north, but they're going to be around that low that's up in Canada. Maybe some clouds holding. Mm. Might give us a break yet. Oh, unbelievable. All right, my boy. Sounds good. We will catch up with you tomorrow. Sounds good. Take care. Stumach, our ag meteorologist with weather details you're looking for. Unbelievable for this stage in October. But we're talking more about that this morning because although we, we may be grateful that these temperatures are above average and hanging on, it is causing us some problems when it comes to certain crops and the harvest of 2021. Stick around for those details. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Dairyland Seed Pride. It's what you get when the corn you grow stands as tall as the... Thank you, thank you. That'll be all for now. I can take it from here. Excuse me. And who are you? I'm the new guy. Here to tell everyone that, starting now, we're going to start saying a little less and just let our performance do the talking. But I'm a voiceover professional. Talking is what I do. Yeah, but our corn hybrid lineup is the strongest it's ever been. With 210 top five finishers in 2020, first and university trials combined. So I'm afraid there's just not much to say when the data already says it all. What about Dairyland Seed Pride? Still there and stronger than ever. Same with our dedicated team and around-the-clock support. Just now we have the numbers to simply shut up and yield. So you won't be needing me anymore? Sorry. But I love this job. That's what makes this so hard. See how Dairyland Seed Corn Hybrids bring the yield in your soils and conditions at DairylandSeed.com. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with a commercial burglary investigation. On September 19th, officers responded to a burglar alarm at Tech Heroes in the 7400 block of Mineral Point Road. The glass front door had been shot out and the suspect took a small amount of cash from the store. The suspect was wearing a black hoodie pulled up over their head and black sweatpants. The suspect also had a red lanyard around their neck. A similar incident previously occurred on September 9th at a business in the 1400 block of Emil Street. If you have any information regarding either of these incidents, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. 
If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Like he didn't want to be there and knew he was never going in. Yeah, it was... The fall from grace from Jalen Berger almost makes you, like, speechless about it. The Badgers put up 391 yards on the ground. 268 yards and two tutties from Malusi and Allen. That gave Wisconsin two 100-yard rushers for the first time since 2018. Stats are just a thing, though. That's what Brett Bielema said, right? Yeah, stats are just... Leading into that game. Stats are just statistics. I believe that was the quote. So, it was. (laughs) Jalen Berger, done. Four-star recruit. Out of New Jersey, and we were thinking we'd be getting a, a Chesburger this season, but now it's he's gone. So Ches, Ches Allen, yeah, Ches Allen, whatever. He's done. This is yeah. what. Well, and Paul Chris made no comment, and he'll speak later today, I guess. But he made really no comment about it yesterday. I was trying to put together once I saw the news, like the Jalen Berger timeline, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what I came up with. So we knew coming in that he was a a guy that they said, you know, wasn't really a weight room guy. He was a really talented athlete, really good running back out of New Jersey, but he was never really like the kid that loved the weight room. Mm -hmm. And then he gets here freshman year and it was the worst running back room that I've ever seen at the university of Wisconsin, Madison, since I started watching in 98. And it was, it was terrible. Tough scene. And they would never further than that. They would they would never, ever, ever give him more than 15 carries. And we're like, what the hell are, is up with that? Well, it's probably because he wasn't a guy that was totally into practice, totally into the weight room. And they're like, we can't just give this kid and set this precedent that just because he's talented, he's going to come in here and completely uh, run the football every single time. Like trying to, I, I don't, probably for lack of better phrase, like learn a lesson 
and it was weird. And then I actually ran into a, a guy that, that does a lot of strength training and he works out with some of the former Badgers and stuff. And I asked about if any of them had said anything about Jalen Berger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple guys on record that he had talked to that said he was literally the laziest player on their team. Ooh. He did not like going to practice. He did not like practicing. He did not like lifting weights. He did not like going to the weight room. And sometimes he wouldn't. Not going to be a recipe for success yeah, if you want to be a college exactly. NFL or even go on to the next level. Yeah. And but what did we hear this summer? That Jalen Berger got into the weight room. He put some looked like on. he put on some weight Bruh. in his lower body. You know, it was supposed to be all the all this positive stuff, and then all of a sudden it came to fall camp. It, it came to the season, school starting again, and all of a sudden. He wasn't getting any handoffs. He wasn't getting any touches. He really wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you saw a guy that did get in the weight room in the summer, and then once everything started happening again, like the classes, the training, the uh, weights, practices, yeah, um, treatment tables, everything that they have to go to, I wonder if once all of that uh, became a thing, and instead of just having to go to – random practices here and there, and then the weight room, it was almost like, oh, this is too much for him. Yeah, And I don't know. he just stopped going to practice. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. obviously there was a disconnect. Yeah, so, somewhere along the line, the the coaching staff didn't feel comfortable putting him out on the field. And, and Yeah, uh, we saw that right away, I game mean, one against Penn State. I think there are rumors going around um, that I've even heard that, yeah, he, he is lazy off the field. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't. He isn't doing what it takes uh, to earn playing time. Correct. Uh, we have our, our guy Otis here on Twitch.tv. Search my name, Ebo. Says what the follow button notice says. If you believe Reddit at all, which I do sometimes, a burger was missing meetings, wasn't trying hard, and kind of couldn't keep his nose clean for some stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. You'll still have enough people to be like, he's a good player. He can do that. No, you can't. Well, you can be a good about, player. You got to put the work in. Yeah. We talked about how he wasn't a big lifter. Could have been missing practices and other stuff like that. We also forget, remember, we you briefly touched on it, the two other running backs, one that was kicked off and the other one that put himself in the transfer portal and left. Mm-hmm. Remember the rumor was he was the guy that was filming it? Yeah. yeah. That was, that was, was kind that of the word There is a video the up there, but it's not out. So. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not 100% show. saying that Jalen Berger did do that, but there were whispers saying that yeah. that could be a thing as well. And, I mean, all of that... Not liking, not liking to be in the weight room. Not liking to go to practice. Extracurriculars outside of football doesn't sound like you're long for the football world, Rowdy. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know where he's going to wind up. Rutgers. I put one hundred percent. I put money Rutgers. on Rutgers. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Big day today, potentially in the markets. The World Ag Supply Demand Report's going to be released at 11 a.m. Central Time. John Heinberg, no doubt. We'll be talking at least a little bit about that. He joins us for a live conversation about 15, 20 minutes down the road. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. All right, so on this day back in 1861, the 8th Wisconsin Infantry left Madison, headed for the Civil War. They would move east through Tennessee, Mississippi, and Alabama, and west into Arkansas and Missouri. But they started their march to get there on this day back in 1861. And I'm guessing the weather probably was not as nice as it will be today as far as temperatures. Also, happy birthday to Hugh Jackman, 53 years old today. Happy anniversary 
to Steven Spielberg. He met his wife and got married, Kate Caplett, on this day in 1991, and they're still married. And now you know. Well, this weather is definitely a surprise for a lot of us Wisconsinites that would normally be at least into sweatshirts. Well, with temperatures that are in the upper 60s, low 70s, well, let's just say it's above average. That's not all good news, though. It means that our Wisconsin potato producers are struggling to try to bring the harvest in. Why? Because potatoes don't like this kind of warm weather, at least not for storage. Uh, our own Stephanie Hoff had a chance to visit with Tamis Hulan, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers, about that subject and how potatoes react when the weather's this warm. Those tubers need to be cool when you dig them, or if you put them into storage when they're too warm, they do break down. And so that is a big concern is, you know, we, we had to harvest in September on some days when it was mid-60s, pushing 70 degrees. And on those days, the potatoes that were harvested, it'd be good to just send them out and, and get used right away. Because if they have to sit in storage for months, they do start to break down. And so we don't really know yet how big of an issue it will be. And so the, the growers are very worried about the spuds that were dug when it was warm. We're just really thankful we haven't had a deep frost. And I don't see one in the forecast for the next week or so. And we do think we'll be able to wrap up harvest by the middle of October, in which case I think we'll come out okay. We're seeing average yields and good quality. Tamas Hulhan, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers. Last week when we got our latest crop progress report, it showed 71% of our Wisconsin potatoes had already been harvested. But obviously that means there's still plenty of spuds in the ground. We'll take a quick break. Coming up in a moment, USDA has rolled out their COVID-19 workplace safety plan, and it's got a lot of farmers concerned about what staff will look like on the county level for spots like your local farm service agency. More on that in a moment. Jack Kaltenberg with Kaltenberg's Partners in Production, PIP. It is all about cover crops, in particular wheat at this time of the year. How's your seed supply holding up? Well, in, in general, the winter wheat is kind of a challenge. Some companies are out. Um, we we happen to be in great supply. We had a great year last year. Our performance has been spectacular in, in, in the university trials, which we do a lot of base on. So we had a good amount of seed coming in. We normally don't see two great year markets in a row. We had two. Normally, we have this crash and burn and inexpensive wheat. This year, it's, it's maintaining it. The other thing that's kind of interesting is that the farmers are looking at input costs. Well, wheat doesn't cost as much to put in. There's some supply issues with fertilizer. Well, you can get supply now. Some of the inputs on some of the things that you put on corn and soybeans is double what it was a year ago. So there's some people saying, I can wrap in my costs. I know I've got supply and I can make some things work right now. And there's a lot of uncertainty with supply and availability next spring. Jack Kaltenberg from Kaltenberg's Partners in Production in studio with us. Contact Jack and his staff at Seeds. Compere Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compere team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience at the heart of everything they do. Visit Compere.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. 
We've got a lot of information that's going to be hitting the marketplace today, starting off at 11 a.m. Central Time with the World Ag Supply Demand Report. That's going to be released. There also will be a World Ag Production update at about 11.15. And this afternoon, we'll get a Crop Progress Report to give us another snapshot on how the harvest is coming along. In overnight electronic trade this morning, December corn is down a half right now, 5.32 and a half. November beans are down four, currently at 12.24 to quarter. December wheat is up two and a quarter at 734. July wheat up a penny at 741. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped two and a half cents to 176 and a half. 40 pound block cheese is down a penny and a half at 179 and a half. Double A butter was unchanged, $1.72 per pound. November milk closed at 1882 100 weight. December milk trading eight cents higher right now at 1841 100 weight. You know, it's been a couple weeks now since USDA rolled out their COVID-19 National Safety Workplace Protocol. It's got a lot of farmers worried about how it could impact USDA staffing at the local level. Here's an update from farm broadcaster Ashley Davenport. The plan was released nearly three weeks ago and requires all USDA employees to be fully vaccinated by November 22, 2021. USDA County Committee members who have been elected to their positions, like Charlie Mites, are also required to get vaccinated. I find it quite disheartening and from my understanding as all employees that fail to become vaccinated are terminated and lose their retirement and benefits. Might serves as the chair of the Menominee, Dickinson and Iron County FSA committee in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. He was elected to the position in 2018. He's concerned of the ripple effects if enough people are terminated from their local positions because of USDA's plan. If the local offices lose enough people to the relinquishment of uh, positions, the state office will take control over the local segment then. You would lose the local perception of the area and where the assistance is needed and how the effects of uh, any problems within local farms and understanding the conditions that exist within the area to implement programs. However, this sentiment is not expressed on a federal level. When posed with this worry, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says that FSA workers did a, quote, extraordinary job providing assistance to producers during the pandemic. He expects them to continue to do so despite Mainz's concerns. I'm confident that regardless of the challenges that uh, that folks may confront uh, at any point in time during this pandemic, that we're going to get the work done uh, because we understand and appreciate how important it is for farmers and ranchers and producers that we do our job. We also think it's important uh, that we continue to maintain uh, compliance with the CDC guidelines uh, in terms of, uh, of making sure that those who work in these offices uh, are, are as safe as they can possibly be. And we know but I'm not, uh, I'm not overly concerned that we're not going to get the work done because uh, people step up. That's, that's what we do at USDA. We step up when we have to. I'm Ashley Davenport. Thanks, Ashley. That's a story that's going to be developing for all USDA agencies, not just across Wisconsin, but obviously across the countryside. 
Well, what's developing this morning as far as the World Ag Supply Demand Report and big gains yesterday as far as fluid milk contracts were concerned? We never run out of things to discuss with our man John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. When someone breaks important safety rules and drives negligently, a crash is often the result. If you're caught in a crash because another driver broke the rules, it can feel unfair. And for good reason. It's not fair when you're injured through no fault of your own. It's not fair when your life is now very different. We can help. At Clifford and Rihala, after decades of helping people injured because someone else broke the rules, we know what you're going through, and we're ready to stand by you. Here you'll find caring, compassionate attorneys committed to helping you recover everything you've lost. If you've been in a crash, call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim. We'll fight to make things right so that now you're treated fairly. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I'll tell you what, when it comes to needing to know what's going to unfold with big reports like the World Ag Supply Demand Report coming up today, we turn to John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Don't forget their website, TotalFarmMarketing.com. Let's jump right to it, uh, John. First, I want to go back to dairy. Yesterday, the fluid milk contracts on the nearby were actually entertaining to watch. Touched out at $19 a hundredweight for a moment. Uh, didn't maintain that momentum, but what was going on there? Well, we're getting to a top of a run, it seems like, at this time frame. Sometimes when you get to a, either a valley or a top, you see a lot of quick volatility prices moving around. And there's a lot of sellers sitting there at that point. When $19 hits, uh, those south orders trigger, and market pulls back off of things very, very quickly. And that's something that I'm glad we're touching on this morning. You know, dairy producers need to you know pay attention. I know we're busy right now. We're in the fields and getting things done. And sometimes the marketing side falls to the back burner here as we, you know, it's harvest window. Uh, but we're looking at some pretty good prices right now we've had a heck of a run in that dairy market and it's probably a window that we need to start thinking about you know locking in some opportunities you know when you think of a range typically 20 at the top 
15, 16 on the bottom. You know, when we're talking $18 plus milk, uh, you know, we're in the top half of that range. So it's things producers need to start thinking about, whether it's through DRP or hedging programs or put strategies, you know, because right now we got some pretty good demand. Uh, Asian demand for U.S. products has been very, very strong. We've got some la labor concerns and those logistic issues continue to build in the West, which kind of puts pressure on the market. You know, now seasonally, too, it's also cooler. We may see milk production start picking up a little bit again as the temperatures favor out. So, so it's a good window here. You know, we got fourth quarter milk, 1840 on an average today. Uh, like I said, touched $19 in November yesterday. And even next year for 22, we're, we got, you know, milk averaging just under $18. So it's probably a window the producers need to start thinking about getting started. Good point. Good point. Now, one item that impacts all of us, John, whether it's uh, us driving a car or farmers in the field, the energy complex, you just can't take your eyes off this wreck. And it's not over yet. What's going on? Yeah, that's a good term for it. It's a just chaotic mess right now in the energy markets. A lot of things happening globally between the natural gas price uh, moves as well as the issues with coal. And, you know, you're hearing a lot of talk what's going on in China with electrical issues and, and blackout conditions and rolling blackouts and things of that nature. Let's just focus on the leader of it all, which is crude oil. Broke through $80 a barrel yesterday. Got a little resistance here. We may hang around this 80 window for a while. We'll see how that kind of plays out. But right now, the global supply, global demand picture is just not lining up. And actually, you know, some analyst groups are thinking that we'll hit the 100 million barrel per day demand level here by December globally. Most of that probably coming out of the Asian part of the world in terms of that demand growth. And the supplies just aren't there at this time frame. So, you know, we're talking $80 crude. If we can kind of push through this level, we'll definitely be looking at the $90 target zone. It's just the charts are pointing to that direction. Obviously, we're going to feel that in the pocketbook because, you know, I'm putting $3 gas in the tank here over the weekend, starting to show up a little bit at this time frame. So that's something we really got to watch in terms of how this all shakes out in terms of you know, business, corporations, and things of that nature in terms of those expenses that come at everybody because of this energy complex and the volatility that we're seeing there. Well, definitely a nod to try to get whatever protection you can from your supplier or something like that because it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't sound like it's going down. Exactly. At this time frame, you know, hopefully producers got a lot of stuff locked in here before this last run out. You know, if not, you're going to be pretty much hand to mouth in terms of handling the price price movements. Uh, but it still just looks like we got some work to do here in terms of prices going higher in this energy complex, given the global situation. All right. So let's pivot now. Today, World Ag Supply Demand Report out at 11, Crop Progress Report out at 3 this afternoon. Both could be market movers. You're not uh, you're not expecting good market movement, though, from uh, the World Ag Supply Demand Report. Very cautious today, especially the soybean market. And the market's been pricing in a lot of negativity, so maybe we get one of those you know, bullish bounces off a bearish report. We're expecting the bean yields to push back up over the 51 bushels per acre level, about a half a bushel higher. But the biggest thing is that carryout, which was so tight you know, just a few weeks ago, had that grain stocks report in here on the 30th, had a bushel bump. Now we could be put looking at 300 million bushels. Still not a lot of bean supplies, but enough that this market might feel comfortable. And the technical picture starting to look pretty weak on beans corn we're just going to see maybe a little bit of a bump lower in the yield is what the market's expecting but then we'll see if the usda does anything on the demand side it's still 
pretty early. Typically, they don't do a lot in October, but we'll have to kind of watch how the core market shakes out. Then, obviously, like you're talking about, we get the crop ratings. You know, we've had a lot of moisture come through the Midwest last couple of days. We'll see how harvest goes and what's that been doing with the cash market. You know, we, but it looks like things are going to turn fairly friendly for the harvest to really pick up and, you know, throw some negative numbers and some harvest pressure next few weeks. It might be just a time frame that the market wants to work sideways or sideways to lower. John Heinberg's along with us live this morning. He is a market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. Their toll-free number, 800-334-9779. One commodity that has been, again, entertaining to watch, but also is something that consumers of baked goods and folks getting ready for the holidays might want to pay attention to. Oats have been going crazy. Yeah, we're at all-time highs, 674 bushel on the December contract this morning, limit higher Friday, 20, 19 cents higher yesterday. It's kind of become a little bit of a media story. You've seen it on CNBC and some of the other media outlets that cover the market news. You know, maybe this little push now is more of the speculators just kind of pouring in because everybody wants to dive into a hot market. You know, but it's coming to play a little bit and watching what happens with spring wheat because that's a little acre competition there. Actually saw spring, re- spring wheat, excuse me, put prices to new highs here last week as well you know but it's just one of those markets right now the supplies aren't there and again maybe we got a little bit more of an ex- outside money pushing this thing than it needs to at this time frame so that's kind of one of those buyer beware type markets because once you get them extended they can come back and snap back really very quickly i know that canada didn't have nearly the oat acres this year because of weather and now i stop and think john we've got them talking about oat milk we've got oats and a lot of different food goods so to a certain extent it makes sense yeah, well, you know, the demand and the use of the oat product has grown, uh, obviously, on the nutritional side as we're seeing those types of products come out. And actually, some of the retailers are expecting to see tightness on the shelves here, maybe, you know, into the spring in terms of those oat products. You know, on top of that Canadian product, the uh, Canadian crop that they got up there, the United States oat production was the lowest in history this year. Uh, so, again, it's one of those crops. There's just not a lot of supply out there, not a lot of players in the market. So it's extremely volatile and will move extremely quick, as we've seen, but definitely something that's going to be kind something to watch as we got a lot of these commodities will be battling for acres here over the next handful of months given the tight supply pictures as well as all the costs and everything else that's coming into play good time for people to chat with you get that game plan in place uh if you haven't uh, gotten one for the end of 2021 definitely have the conversation and boy looking ahead 2022 is gonna present us with all kinds of challenges there's going to be a lot of opportunities at the same time uh, producers need to be on their game and you know, worry talking 22 ideas at this time frame because there's value there and a lot of concerns and a lot of potential black flags out there uh, that could really, could really move this market. All right. John Heinberg joining us live this morning. Market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Remember that website, totalfarmmarketing.com. And you can also call toll free 800 334 9779 or send John an email John H at totalfarmmarketing.com John H at totalfarmmarketing.com Catch up with you next week John I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about again Sounds great and everybody have a safe harvest talk to you next week Good deal John Heinberg again joining us live this morning and like he said uh, it could be a crazy day. We'll see what the World Ag Supply Demand Report does to us. That's coming out 11 a.m. Central. And then the Crop Progress Report out 3 p.m. Central. This is the Midwest Farm Report.